find it now with Ericsson, pushed out by Karras, in comes Wanyama! Oh, there is the bolt from the blue! Now to go, and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Arsenal are walking in a winter wonderland! What a turnaround! Liverpool 3-0, call it, take it quickly, Origi! All right, we are back for another episode of the 4-4 Brew podcast. Joining me today, live from Mexico, Caleb Votenhauer. Caleb, buenas noches. Buenas noches a todos. Also joining me. (laughs) Doing well, thank you. Good to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah. Also joining me, Nick Skradsky. Nick, how are you doing? Pretty good. Happy New Year. Glad to be back. Uh, Looking forward to getting back into it this year. Yeah. Patrick Leary's here as well. Patrick, how are you? I don't know if the mic picked that up, but that just about sums it up right there. Great to be back. <laughs> Rounding it off, Mikey Cleary. Mikey, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I am great. Thank you so much for asking, Patrick. It's really just special to be back here with uh, this fine group of men. And hopefully we have no uh, audio technical difficulties tonight. Well, all right, let's start with the results of the weekend. Uh, Southampton 2, Everton 1. Uh, no, never mind. We'll start with Tottenham 2, <laughs> Tottenham 0, no, Arsenal 2. I had uh, like I written like three or four paragraphs about James Ward-Prowse. You know, I thought we were going to go deep on that. But <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah, we'll just skip over that one for now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal 2-0 two no, two no winners over Spurs on Sunday. Uh, leading the title chase. How are you feeling? You know, I I feel pretty good, pretty good. Um, you know, there's still a lot of season left, um, but um, you know, I think each week passes, we're uh, proving the doubters wrong, and uh, playing some you know some pretty good ball at the same time. So uh, you know, I can't really complain. And after watching the performance on uh, on Sunday, you know, it's pretty encouraging. I just think that, uh, you know, we're evolving, getting better week in, week out, you know, brushing aside competition. But, uh, you know, can't get too ahead of ourselves. How are you feeling, more importantly, after watching that absolute masterclass tactically from Antonio Conte? (laughs) Yeah, I can't say I'm feeling too good. Uh, Definitely think a, a change in goalkeeper is imminent. Uh, Conte saying after the game, he still considers Lloris to be one of the best goalkeepers in the world. And I'm just not sure how you come to that conclusion after the last four or five games for Spurs. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that first goal was pitiful. I just watched it go in. I'm like, there's absolutely no way that's gone. I figured it had gone off of his face and then had flown into the goal. But I just want to interject real quick. Go ahead. Uh, and the and the notes uh, document that Patrick always sends out. He put, oh, I'm sorry, Patrick. Cleary, something wrong. Oh, Mikey, you have to raise your hand like a. Oh my person. God! Shut up! This I, man is know, educating our you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna raise my hand in Zoom like some kind of idiot. Uh, anyways, um, here you know what? I'll raise it now. Even though everyone knows I'm already talking. There you go. Uh, I thought it was funny, Patrick, though, that you put in the like um, that you put in the notes like. You know, could Loris have done better? Because, I mean, for starters, it was no goal. I was talking about the second goal when I said that. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Some goal from Odegaard, could Loris have done better? 
Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's awfully funny. I thought it was great. I was so really worried about that. Okay, great idea. Good God! All right, Patrick, you've got you've had your hand up now. Yeah, uh, I was gonna. I wanted to ask Caleb. So, um, I'm sure you don't have this knowledge off the top of your head. Uh, You want to guess what odds Arsenal were to win the title before the season started? Uh, you know, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Could you enlighten me, please? They were 40 to 1. All right. 40 to what 1. Are they so if uh, they're favorites, uh, I think they they're, yeah, I think they're, what is it, 2 to 1? But so I think it was around this stage of the season in uh, 2015 that uh, Skybet and Patty Power offered payouts to people who had bet on Leicester to win the league. So uh, right. I wanted to ask you how confident you're feeling as an Arsenal fan. They offered you to pay out. Okay. Let's say you bet a hundred dollars. You get 4,000. Mm-hmm. If they offered you a thousand dollar payout right now, would you take it? Or would you say, no, I'm getting 4,000 every month. I'm not taking the payout to be honest. I'm uh, I don't, I'm not trying to be, you know, vocally confident here, but I have a pretty, it, it feels good as, as a big fan. I mean, I think things could change. Like the one worry that I have is depth and like a couple injuries and like it all could go, you know, it all could go to shit. But like if you just watch games in the Premier League, like honestly, Arsenal just look just look really really good, and it doesn't seem like we just kind of have that that swagger at the moment. And I don't really see it changing for now. I mean, I could you know this could totally blow up my face, but I just don't know who's better at the moment and eight points clear I, I don't know I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cash out quite yet to answer your question Patrick. Nick you also have your hand raised yeah it's not often I'll compliment Arsenal or Arsenal players but I do think it's pretty cool that um, Martin Odegaard is like really finally coming into form and being that guy for the club, especially from what when we were like 14 years old and he was getting subbed on to go play next to Ronaldo back in like what 2015 or whatever it was like that. And he was about our age. And now seeing him like actually out there leading Arsenal, being Premier League player of the month, I think is pretty special. And I think Arsenal should probably do everything they can to keep him happy and keep a hold of him at the club because. It is pretty nice to see, you know, those guys that are golden boys, a lot of them usually don't pan out, work out, but finally seeing one really get to those levels is pretty neat, I think. Caleb, is there anybody, because I know with uh, Mudrick, they'd seem to have that signing done and dusted until Saturday morning. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Is there anybody that, is there anybody on Arsenal's wish, uh, wish list that you've you've read about? Um, well, for this, for this window, apparently there's that Diaby fella from Bayern Leverkusen, but I, I don't know. I saw Rafinha and Karen Torres got linked. Yeah, Rafinha, Diaby, and then like, uh, what's the name, Jeremy Pino from Villarreal are all wingers that like, I think Arsenal are a bit light in that department because like either Saka or Martinelli get injured. That's a pretty big uh, miss. And then, well, it just came out today, though. Their Arsenal's main summer target is uh, Declan Rice now. 
because he wants to play Champions League ball. And he had been linked to Chelsea for the longest time because him and Mason Mount are buddies, but it uh, doesn't really look like Chelsea is going to be uh, participating in the, uh, you know, European with the European elites next year. So uh, unless we win the Champions League, which I think Paul Jackson would be real excited to come join the club. So that's a bit of a stretch, I think. Yeah, get real. You never know, boys. You never know. Jao Felix and Mudrick leading the charge. I mean, if he could play more than 60 minutes (laughs) and not have to miss the next month, that might work. Fair play. Sorry, I got to ask how fun is Mason Mount to hang out with? That you're like <laughs> going to Chelsea. <laughs> come on. Didn't they like grow up like, together or something? He doesn't even seem through? like a cool guy, you know? Like no, money money mace is a vibes guy, huge vibes guy. Arsenal's got vibes, guys. Yeah, no, I would honestly I'd rather hang out with guys in Arsenal than anyone. Arsenal's full of vibes. I'm hanging out with yeah. Eddie. Eddie? You know? Yeah. Yeah, him I think so just Saliba. freestyle. Yeah, come on. And then we got the yeah. Brazilians. We got the three Gabbies. We got the Gabby's Cubed. Um, we yeah. got Ramsdale. You ever hung out with, with uh, a bunch of Brazilian guys? That's a to- good time. Right you're totally, yeah. you're totally missing out on the That's basketball. Take like a Saliba, because I mean, it's not like him isn't, you know, the same obsession that this group kind of has with Patrick Harmon's last name. It's like just you know, Saliba. it's all tied to Saliba. Yeah, that was uh, a. Yeah, Christmas, Christmas, uh, Christmas, and time in the Cleary household. Just you know, lots of Saliba. I'm hanging out with Ramsdale. Um, yeah, he's a top, top bloke. Just make sure you watch your back when you're hanging around him. He's a, he, Aaron Ramsdale is the OG. Well, maybe not the OG, but he is Arsenal's wind-up merchant. He loves uh, a <laughs> he loves winding him up, as we saw at the end of uh, uh, the game on on Sunday. Patrick uh, Harmon. Yeah, what do you think about your 60 million pound man, Richarlison? Um, still looking for that first league goal, by the way. I have my own opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'm have, aware. What have, what, have, <laughs> what have your thoughts uh, been on, on him in particular? I mean, so he, he's been injured a lot, and he picks up an injury after Brazil crashed out of the World Cup. So he, he, he had like just come back to first team training on like Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. Um, I wasn't even really expecting him to feature in the team. And I mean, even if we, even when I saw he was on the bench, I didn't think Conte would use him at all. Um, but I mean, the form that Sun is in, I'm surprised that Richarlison hasn't gotten more of a look in because I mean, like he's, I think he's come, he's started maybe three games. I don't have the stats in front of me, but so I'm, I'm not surprised he hasn't really been scoring in the league because, I mean, he's getting like 10, 15-minute cameos every other week um, right. like when he's healthy. So, I mean, he scored a couple – he scored twice in the Champions League game against Marseille, and I'm f- confident that those are his only goals so far this season. Um, yeah, I guess it's the two, yeah. I mean, if Sun's, if Sun's form continues, I mean, he's just been useless, except for that hat-trick against Leicester which kind of came out of nowhere. He, he's been useless all season. So I'm, I'm surprised that Conte is sticking with him, um, which is a grievance I have about Conte that I can get into in a little bit. But Mikey, you have your hand raised. Um, yeah, so I'm totally blanking on the name of the Ukrainian guy because I did not really know who he was. Until wow, you just didn't do your homework at all, Mikey. No, I did do my homework. You're sitting in front of a computer, right. Mikey. You yeah, just look it up, Mikey. You don't, need to, you don't need to admit to our millions of listeners that <laughs> Ukrainian you Ukrainian lad. <laughs> I think it's more fun. I mean, it's the same way you call Kulisevsky Ukrainian. I think it's just more fun to just 
I'm never going to live that mistake. Be ignorant. <laughs> Anyways, um, he's the most uh, – he would be the sixth most expensive transfer in Premier League history and the 11th most expensive transfer all time. Who is? The – The Ukrainian you know, the guy. guy. Something about You're talking about Andrei Shevchenko? Mikhail Not Shevchenko. Alexander Shevchenko. Whatever, whatever, whatever Nick and Caleb just said. Mikey, he but basically has your name. In fact – Seriously, you yeah. might have a new yeah. name there, Mikey. <laughs> oh no, Mike Callow, my boy. <laughs> oh Lord, help us. <laughs> my point though is that, and I mean, I like granted, you know, I don't really watch a lot of uh Shakhtar Donetsk. I know some of you, some of you on this uh, pod are big fans. Um, but my point is that, like, this is a guy who I don't, I literally did not know existed until about like you know, maybe a week or week two weeks ago and he's just now he's the most like the 11th most expensive transfer in the world like it's just I, like i just think we kind of screwed over how absolutely insane that is you sound um, like piers morgan saying that like because you don't know who he is he's not worth 100 million. like i'm serious i'm serious listen hang on hang on, hang on. let's do the other names in this list okay like the ronaldo to united or the ronaldo united to Real that? Transfer. i never heard of that shut yeah. up gareth bale pog hazard somehow Grealish is on there Grealish is number two of all time, which I just think is so funny. Uh, but I guess it showed up at the Derby on uh, Saturday morning. Anyways, I, I don't know. I just thought, like, that was absolutely insane. <laughs> I mean, being a Chelsea fan, I feel like there's been a lot of times in the past where we spent way too much money on players that it's just not really a good financial decision. I mean, we were trying to offer 120 for Enzo Fernandez. Um I think it's pretty dumb. I don't like how the market is kind of like this because what that same amount, even like six years ago, seven years ago, was getting you players like Paul Pogba when he was in his prime. And now it's getting you a guy who's got, what, four goals and 20 games for Ukraine, I think I saw. And I mean, like, I've done a little research and like looked into him. I think he's a talented player and he's got like a nice ceiling. Like, he's very direct when he gets the ball. Like, a lot of times receives it deep in his own half and then we'll just drive right at the back line. And I like that. I'm excited to see that um, at Chelsea again, because I feel like we just don't have um, that attitude going forward a lot of times, but I do agree that, you know, 80 odd million pounds or whatever it was that we ended up paying for him is pretty ridiculous. And it is, I feel like just really indicative of the market today in general that, you know, player everyone's just taking a pissing contest between owners of who can pay the most for the player that gets hyped up the most for a couple months so we'll see how it plays out I feel like that's going to be the big kicker I mean is he going to be another bust and then move on in a couple years or who knows could be uh the second coming of Eden Hazard back at Chelsea we'll see I mean the thing that I find interesting eight and a half year deal yeah, dude, he signed, he signed the rest of his 20s away. He's going to be his there. Contract yeah, expires in 2031. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. He's really locked it in. Yeah. It's just, you know, boyhood club, that kind of thing. <laughs> I think I mean, he's, he's only scored nine goals for Shakhtar. Yeah. I wanted goals. to ask you guys this. Does anybody have any predictions for, like, the end of this contract, 2031? I thought you were going to say there's any predictions. For, like, I don't think know, he'll but, be there in 2031. war. <laughs> okay bold bold prediction and yeah, it's such a long time eight and a half years and they're gonna have renamed the club mudrick fc by then i think <laughs> i don't know yeah. Mate, a, a, a front three of uh mudrick and cuckoo and joe felix might just take us to back to back to back to back titles we could be the next man city who knows i mean didn't so. joe felix sign like another five-year extension 
before going on loan. So it's just like a straight yeah, he's loan. Not coming back. Yeah, but yeah. they're talking about selling him anyways. Like they basically re-signed him just to sell him, so they didn't lose him. I think was what the deal was. Well, didn't you just sign him to? Oh, I'm sorry. They were talking about Atletico. I mean, this is like the second player in a row that Chelsea's just kind of signed. It seems like to spite Arsenal, who I would kind of point out. Like I don't know if they really need any of these guys. Chelsea? No, I mean, players. I don't. No, no, no. I mean, I mean Arsenal. Like Arsenal's top of the league, and they're kind. Of, I mean, they're doing. They're doing fine. I don't. I don't really know if anyone could touch them right it's now. It's called depth, Mikey. Depth. Like, I like. I think I, they're also looking past that. like this season. That's they're yeah. looking at future. Like if you get one or two key injuries at Arsenal, I feel like that ship starts to crash and burn, which isn't against them. But like they've got you know top. Not good. But after that, it can get ugly. Patrick, my uh, prediction in twenty thirty one, they won't be called Chelsea anymore. They'll be called the London Dodgers. <laughs> I kind of like that better actually. I think yeah. they'll also the match will be, be blue and white. Yeah, they'll be at least a little more similar, to like the you know L.A. Dodgers logo. I think it's too bad Durs is here. L.B. London Dodgers. L.B. Dodgers. The London Dodgers. Okay, I guess we've gotten a bit off track here, but Nick, I mean, like the thing that I find interesting is that. Like, it's just not an area that Chelsea need reinforcements in at the minute. I mean, like, I know that they're all injured, but, like, that's not the problem with, like, the lack of Ukraine. I think I think a lot of re- reinforcements are needed in Ukraine. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, for I, certain I, Chelsea I, supporters. I think it is frustrating, um, and it kind of just goes to show some of the lack of knowledge Bully has taken over the club. And I respect him kind of coming out and trying to big dick it a little bit. But at the same time, like, you have to have a thought process going forward when you're doing that. And it's clear we have problems in the midfield, especially the defensive midfield area. Um, I was talking to a friend the other day. Like, I really think there's going to – a lot of the squad needs a large amount of turnover, you know, I think in right back, I think in the midfield. And honestly, like, it's always a striker issue with Chelsea. Um, I think those are way more pressing areas than wingers. And, you know, like you said, yeah, we do have a lot of injuries and it's been a pretty big problem for us this season. But regardless, I think 85 million pounds is way better well spent on, I don't know, just bite the bullet and get Enzo for our midfield. Or that's, let's that's what buy I was another say. backup right back to play behind Reese James. Because I love Aspilquay and he's a club legend, but the man's passed it. And I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, a lot of these guys need to go, in my opinion. I just think we're not investing our money valuably excuse me well i it's like the enzo fernandez like when it was rumored that they had offered something what like 128 million i was like like well, yeah that is like an out. insane fee but like i understood it because that's like an area that chelsea desperately needed to upgrade so yeah, it's like no, you're gonna I mean, shatter what, like records but like it's like it'll be money well spent like it almost feels like Todd Bowley is looking at whatever player is getting hyped up and looked at by some of the other big clubs and just be like, well, no, I'm going to get him first just because I can. And part of me thinks that, you know, it's kind of funny and I'm not hating on it, but at the same time, I don't think it's a, a great strategy if we're really trying to rebuild this club kind of from scratch. Um, you know, let's have it take a more well-rounded approach to doing that and just be smarter. I mean, finances are pretty much everything in this game especially building this back up and I don't want to end up where we do get stuck in seven through 12 in the league for the next five six years um 
you know, this is kind of a now or never moment for us. So we'll see what's up. But I'm I'm nervous to say the least. We need do you think summer. how long do you think Bully will stick with Grand Potter if results hold? I don't necessarily think all this is Grand Potter's fault. I feel like, you know, injuries have been an issue. I also think that like some of the players he has are a bit of an issue. He came in at a weird time in the season. I still think a lot of, like I mentioned, I think a lot of the squad needs to be turned over and some of his own players need to get in. I think it would be an even worse look for, you know, the fans specifically to see, okay, you're going to fire Thomas Tuchel, one of the greatest things that ever happened to this club, bring in Grand Potter and then fire him again after, what, 18 games maybe it's been now. So, I mean, I, I don't think that's, a good idea um I, I think he should at least finish out the season and maybe get the summer and into next season because it just becomes a rotating carousel that I don't think any top manager is going to want to walk into if we get rid of Potter immediately right away also um like that's a slippery slope to go down I would you almost know? compare it Nick to um I mean I think that you know I think that Potter is probably a better manager than this but like similar to the weird like Ralph Ragnick situation at United um, where it's like you kind of like bring this guy in no one really knows what the role is going to be because it's like just a time of like chaos at the club and then he kind of like you know maybe you get like a window or maybe two to like bring your players in but you also have to like deal with all this kind of dead weight at the club that the either the previous manager left for you or that no one has had you know the guts to get rid of until now and so kind of like it, and I feel like you kind of see it a lot and that like they'll bring in these managers and then they'll just kind of get stuck with having to sort everything out and it's um, and I mean, basically like having to fix these impossible problems, which is funny because that's like the whole thing that I remember at the start of the season, I thought the Ten Hag was being so dramatic about, uh, and then as time went on, it kind of started to, or basically with the Ronaldo situation, started to realize like, oh yeah, he was completely right. I think that's a great point, honestly. And I feel like that's what we're seeing, especially a guy who's brought in to be more of a coach than a manager, like have some of those other things be handled by other people within the club. He's there to coach the team and build the team. I think it's challenging then to try and rely on him to take care of some of these other issues that he didn't even initially sign up for. And well, yeah, he's going to have to step up for some of those things. I also think that let's give him a little time and let the man do his job with the players that, you know, he wants and needs. So I think it all boils down to that. I'm going to give him some time. This season's not exactly one of high hopes for the rest of the season, but um, you know, you never know what happens. So we'll see. All right. Well, getting back to the North London Derby, anybody have any other thoughts about Spurs Arsenal before we move on to City United? Oh, just an update. The uh, guy who kicked Aaron Ramsdale has been arrested and has That's... a uh, court date set did, at the end of this month. Did you see the video of the uh, one of the like TV cameras picked it up and then just like zoomed in on him as he was like trying to like leave the stadium? Yes. Oh, that funny. He, his name is what. Well, let's publicly shame them. His name is, let's see, 35 year old Joseph Watts of Hackney. Oh, 35. I saw that guy and I was like, that guy's 13. Yeah, my, my thing, that's like, an, that's like a 16 or 17 year old move, I feel like. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Uh, that guy has like a 45. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kissing his kids goodbye. Yeah, I gotta geez, say though, yeah. fair credit. You know, in America, <laughs> no one would ever do that. Like, no, that's true. Yeah, 
Like people, well, I mean, people here imagine, pretend like they like sports. People there, you know, they actually, they actually love I mean, their teams. Imagine like running on the field and kicking, you know, Aaron Donald in the back. <laughs> uh, like, what would <laughs> uh, I would do it again. <laughs> if I had a clear shot at Aaron Rodgers, I'm in there. Oh, yeah, right. Actually, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, that is that is a that is a genuine actionable threat against against your person. So Patrick, you bring up a good stay point. away from New York. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why he went like Aaron Ramsdale. I couldn't even I think there's plenty of worse people in the Premier League that would be, I think, more mm. worth going after than Ramsdale. Do you disagree? No, man. Okay. Not them. I mean he was it's almost like here's crowd. here's what I think yeah. about Aaron Ramsdale. Which is I great think that, why not? It's like how uh you know how Pokemon could evolve, like they become like the super version. Because my understanding, I wasn't wasn't a big Pokemon person. I feel like Pickford was like the, you know, level one, and Ramsdale is like the optimized version. He's an even more annoying version of Pickford. And then Pickford will like, and a become, better goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. So now like Pickford like is falling apart, you know, and. Ramsdale eventually will evolve into like a new, even more annoying, even paler, you know, even, even more horribly English, super annoying goalie. And we have that to look forward to in 2031 when Modric's contract runs out with the London Dodgers. <laughs> All right. Well, should we move on to United two city one uh, Fernandez goal for United covered in controversy uh, I mean, Mike, you can shake your head all you want. He's offside, and there's there's no way that 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 that, that, that goal should have stood. I mean, I don't well, that's know. just your opinion, man. Yes, <laughs> that is my opinion. <laughs> but okay, Mike, you, uh, I mean, big win for United. They're what eight points off Arsenal. Yeah, no, that was that was awesome. I mean, they were talking about it after, and uh, I mean, the thing that I would say is that. Um, it's like, you know, after the match, they're talking, it was really funny. They're talking about, it. it's like, oh my God, like, are, like, are United in the title race now? And I think they're literally, I mean, their point, or they're either, I don't remember, I looked at it earlier. They're their point or they're tied with City now. So it's just funny to me that um, that's kind of discussion, which, because to be honest, like, I think that it, there's not a lot of time left. I think there's a lot of matches left, I think, because of the way that, uh, you know, undisclosed winter tournament uh, kind of messed up the Premier League schedule um it's a little you know it's a little i think this is going to be like a very interesting end of the season um so the other thing i'll say is that no i mean you're totally right it shouldn't have stood but the frustrating thing for me in a sense was that uh was that it's like they went to var to check it and then they made the wrong decision which is like the whole like var is supposed to be like oh okay well now that we can look at the replay you know like what is it going to tell us uh yeah, I mean, Rashford is really in the form of his life. Like, I, I, I don't – I think this is actually disappointing because, like, he's going to uh, – he'll probably, you know, keep this up for maybe a little bit longer and then he'll just, like, totally crater off. Uh, and I don't know. I, I mean, I hope that, like, this is – he's really found his groove. Um, but I think he's scored in something like 10 straight uh, matches at Old Trafford now, which is crazy. Uh, I also want to actually give a lot of credit to – Ten Hag for this game, they were totally uh, like United were absolutely content to just like let City hold the ball. And I mean, they like to be perfectly honest until really the second half they had about like, or I mean, until maybe like the 70, 75th minute, they had about like three chances the entire game. Um, they were in like their whole thing was that they were like, we're just going to wait until we have 
wait until basically like city city fuck up um and then we're gonna take the and then we'll just try and counter and hope we get lucky and they got lucky twice which and really they got lucky three times because uh they got lucky on that counter in the first place uh the city gave the ball away and then they got lucky that the var was wrong um so i don't know and i, I think it, the anger is is definitely justified um because you know i mean like that's seriously the whole reason they instituted this was so that uh stuff like this wouldn't happen anymore and then they went to it and they made the wrong decision which is just so funny um overall though i think uh i hope hopefully i speak for the entire group we don't ever really have city fans on this podcast uh but it just is nice to see you know it's nice to see holland and pep lose every now and then um, i don't think that happens enough it's nice to see them kind of brought down to earth a bit uh my prediction for 2031 is that um you know the triumvirate of uh holland messi and ronaldo uh led by pep guardiola are claiming they're like you know well, let's see like seventh or eighth consecutive saudi arabian league title uh and all that sort but uh but yeah i don't know who else i know who else watched the game it was on 6 30 central time so i got some noise complaints in my apartment while i was watching it so but i don't know if anyone else got a chance to see I was too busy watching Al Nasser. I, we, we, people know I'm a huge Al Saad fan, longtime listeners of the show. Uh, so, you know, I was watching the, the Al Saad Al Nasser Derby, one of the classic world sporting events. Derby of sand. <laughs> you know, old Derby of Al is what they call it. <laughs> sand Derby. Has has Holland made City worse? I, I was about to say it. Uh, I think yeah. Was, I would say it's like he it's scores, a bit, bit one dimensional. Yeah, he scores tapping, but he doesn't really fit with the the style that. Uh, I mean, the they, dudes have they like had three bad on. games since the World Cup, and he scored what twenty one goals beforehand. I feel like that's a little early to start getting into that. And I mean, Nick, yeah, Nick, they may be losing some aspects when they're not playing like the false nine. You know, extremely fluid soccer, but he scored twenty one goals and was balling out the first half of the season. Like, I think it's a little early to start getting into that. I don't appreciate that because as longtime listeners of this podcast know, I've been on, you know, basically I've been saying this since like September, October. I said he wouldn't be able to do it in the cold, even though he's from Norway. I said he'd get too comfortable. I just like oh, to point yeah. that out. Uh, <laughs> and I said right he was, was going right. to get complacent. I told you guys. I told oh, you guys. <laughs> the world is ending. I said, I said after the World Cup, he was going to be, he was going to be fucked up because he hadn't played in like two months. Uh, so I, I would just like to point out that basically I was right all along. Um, he'll be at Burnley by uh, this time next year. There, I said it. Fair enough. I'm going to disagree. I feel like you're, he's you're just, just a fine. shite. I think that's a good point. Course. Like he didn't play very consistently for a while. And like, yeah, that definitely probably hurts compared to all those guys that just played the World Cup. But at the same time, I, I would bet on him coming back and being just fine in you know a couple more weeks like next thing you know he's gonna go have a hat trick this weekend because he said that you just jinxed it yeah i mean they they have spurs at the eddie head on thursday so holland will score four no oh, there's there's this comeback game right there right this will be great he's gonna turn I think spurs, spurs will win I, spurs will win I like. I was thinking that they I mean, always beat City. They always have City. Pep, Pep is going to put they Holland at right back. He's totally in his head now. He got outmanaged by Ten Hag. Like Holland will be playing right or left back. 
Eh, maybe not. I, like, I, I mean, I com- <laughs> wholeheartedly disagree was, with what Mikey just said. Yeah, thanks, Pat. I, I don't know if Spurs will have it in them on Thursday. I mean, getting embarrassed at home on Sunday then having to go up to the Etihad. I mean. Uh, it is a way. It is a way. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, last year, I, I mean, it was like one of the games of the season that Eddie had away last year. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, Ben Tenkur is going to be able to come back, so he'll probably start uh, putting Pape Sar back on the bench. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the defense is just going to shit their pants when Holland is running at them. So I don't know. I, I'll say. 3-1 City will win Holland bags two. Um, anybody else have anything on the Manchester Derby before we move on? No? All right, fantastic. Well, let's move to Brighton three, Liverpool nil. Patrick, is this the worst that Liverpool have ever played under Klopp? No, you know, Klopp said that he thought it was the worst game of his whole career. And he, uh, like, got... Uh, missed out on promotion in Bundesliga two with Mines. He, you know, has he almost got relegated with Dortmund in his last season. So people kind of freaked out after he said that. But I think he's being a little bit. He's got a little bit of a short memory there. This this really wasn't that bad. I, now I didn't. Uh, I, I I don't know. I didn't. Obviously, the second half was really bad. But I didn't think the first half was that. Horrible. Liverpool had a few chances and, you know, I don't know. Look, like, here's what I'll say. It's not the worst. Two years ago was the worst Liverpool I've ever seen. When um, Van Dyke was injured, Fabinho was injured, Matip, uh, Gomez, we had no center backs. We were playing Henderson and Milner, I think, at center backs for Matt a few games. Uh, yeah, actually, it wasn't until we got Nat Phillips in that we started winning games again. Uh, but we had we had Jordan Henderson and Reese Williams, uh, is that his name? Yeah, uh, playing at center back in in the ponytail merchant in the Champions League. So this is this is not nearly as bad as that. Um, right where now were they we have on the table though uh, two years ago versus where they are now. Uh, not that different. Um, Liverpool got down to sixth or seventh. Now they're in eighth, I think. Uh, I, I think this injury crisis is worse in some ways because um, at least back then we still had like decent attacking players on the field. Uh, but now all of our attacking players are injured. And the only like uh, of our top six, you know, players in the front three, we have won, right? Darwin's injured, uh, uh, Diaz, Jota, Firmino. Um, so we are stuck with playing Alex Oxley. It's just sad to see rolling back the year. The yeah, I mean, the poor guy. Like he, there's, there's a guy who should get on the next flight to Jetta. You know, he, he should be, he should be basking in the sun, in of the uh, Saudi Super League. But no, I, I don't think things are that bad. Uh, look, this year I predicted we would win the league. If you go back and listen to our first podcast. Last year, when Liverpool was, you know, about what a, com- a combined seventeen minutes away from winning the quintuple or the quadruple, uh, quintuple if you count the community field, which they do. Um, last year, I predicted Liverpool would finish sixth. So, 
you know, I think this year, <clears throat> this year it's going to be bad. Next year it'll be good again. It's a rebuilding year. We have a lot of like really exciting young players. Uh, I watched the FA Cup today. Harvey Elliott scored a worldie. This guy, we got this guy from Celtic named Ben Doak, D-O-A-K. Ben Doke. Which is like ben one Doak. of those Star Wars Battlefront uh, like AI names. Yeah. AI, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ben, ben Doak killed Obi Mikey. So, uh, but he's really good, man. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It, look, there's reason to be optimistic. I mean, I think there's also like all this blocks at the club. They're changing owners. I think, I don't know. We never really got a clear answer on that, but it seems like it. Um, they changed out the director of football, Michael Edwards, to this guy, Julian Ward. And then a month ago, Julian Ward said he's leaving. So, there's been this huge kind of changing of the guards behind the scenes, well as this injury crisis and like a reshuffling of players, a, a generational shift in the squad. So yeah, I was naive to say that we were going to be good this year, but I wasn't expecting this many injuries, I guess. And hopefully next year will be better, but no, I'm not like, I don't think it's the worst Liverpool ever. And I don't think Klopp is going to, be gone by the end of the year like a lot of people are saying which uh, it's just ridiculous it's such stupid like recentist bias um we just gave him a two or three year contract extension um and i can't see him walking out i can't see the owners firing him even if he got down to like 13th or 14th he just said this week that he wouldn't leave he wouldn't he wouldn't walk away unless he was fired i'll, I'll be yeah. honest i think that out of every, out of all the teams represented on here, with the exception of Arsenal, so you know Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, United, I'd say Klopp is really, yeah, with the, like I said, with the exception of Arsenal, Caleb's going crazy. Uh, that he would uh, look at like, him. He, his job, crazy. his job, his job is the safest, I'd say. For how I mean, for how poorly, for how poorly they're doing, like I don't think the solution. I don't think anyone thinks the solution is getting rid of Klopp, which does say a lot to his ability because he's. Um, because that, I mean, that is seriously like that is the route that just about every other club goes. And that's like, I mean, that's the whole problem at Chelsea. That's what a lot of people wanted. That's what we've done at United about, you know, what, three or four times in the last uh, as many years. Um, so it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it doesn't just speak to his ability, but also it's he has the, like, I think he does like having the confidence and that I don't think like, as far as I know, I don't think anyone at who's actually a supporter is calling for his head. Is that more? Like pundits or yeah. Okay. Which I mean that's that's the point is like the faith is there. It's just you kind of gotta, you know, give them uh, you know, let them every every Liverpool manager is gonna sign their version of Darwin Nunez. So just give him a few more windows, he'll probably be good. I think it's gonna work out with Darwin. Darwin has uh the same number of goals after uh 19 games as Luis Suarez and Sadio Mane had. Uh I mean it, I think it kind of takes time to fit into this team. And also, like, he's been, you know, stuck playing in, like, a, a team that's had to change a bunch. Um, like, he's not been able to play next to guys who he will be able to play with. Like, he's not, not able to play with Luis Diaz, for example. So, I think, I think he's going to end up coming good. And uh, I'm excited for when that happens. But the, the other thing I want to say about this game, um to to move on from Liverpool is Brighton are like really good is the other thing like there's I don't think there's that much shame in losing to them three nil I, I that sounds ridiculous but they're really good uh, uh 
I I think a lot of them are going to be gone in the next season or two if they keep playing like this. But my prediction is that by the end of this year, they're going to be in the in, in they're going to get into Europe. Like they'll finish in the Europa League places. Top six. Um, I mean, that's that's what I was going to say. Is that I remember thinking during the World Cup when Callister is doing so well that. You know, yeah, why be, didn't you say it? Oh my gosh, he'd be gone. I mean, he'd be gone by the thirty first this month. But like, I mean, when you see where they are at the table and how they've done, like, he's there's really no point in him just not sticking out till the end of the season and at least being like, you know, I didn't, I didn't bail on them. I helped him get to Europe, and then, and then I went somewhere else for a lot of money to help them find my replacement. So, Caleb, have you uh, has Rory talked to you at all about Evan Ferguson? No, he hasn't. He's his next up and coming thing though, isn't he? Is he from Ireland? Yeah, he's he's only eighteen. He's from uh, he's from County Clare or something. Yeah, he came he came from the Bohemians Academy. Legend. Yeah, he's a good player. Oh yeah, he's great. He's got like two goals and four assists in his first uh, three. Scored against Arsenal. Premier League. Scored an ice goal against Arsenal. Yeah, he did. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's brushed on the side as well. Yeah, Ireland needs to get him playing in competitive matches immediately. We can't have it. Yeah, him and uh, Declan Rice, Absolutely, yes. Instead of a big man, little man pairing, you need two little men. All right, well, don't need silence after (laughs) that. (laughs) Uh, Nick, quick penny for your thoughts on Chelsea's win over Palace. Uh, Well, we needed it. Um, always nice to see Kai Havertz score. Hopefully, uh, one day we justify the 85 million we spent on him. Um, you know, beyond that, kind of the standard outing tight game. Um, glad we won it. Uh, not much really more to say on Chelsea at the moment. They have to uh, they have to earn it next time. So we'll see over the next couple of weeks. We'll see. We'll see where we're at by next episode. All right. Well, with so the top four, third to sixth, separated only by seven. Newcastle and Man United have uh, the other two spots. City and Arsenal occupy first and second. Uh, Caleb, who do you think is going to end up finishing third and fourth? Because, I mean, it seems a pretty – I know we're just about halfway through, but it seems it seems pretty reasonable uh, to say that Arsenal and, one of Arsenal and City will be in the top two. Or will, I guess, yeah, win the think, league. Yeah, I think – I think one and two is Arsenal and City, and then one and the two. Not saying either, but I mean, what? I think I I think two of the four, two of the four top places are Arsenal and City. Two of the four, which I'm are, so which confused. What yeah. <laughs> to say? Who you think is going to win the, the two of the four? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't want to say it, but I I don't think City are going to win the league. Um. They just okay. said it. So. That's, and that's Caleb said he go. wouldn't take the payout. He wouldn't take the thousand thousand dollars. Exactly. Would you so, take two thousand? I mean, would you say, take two thousand now, Caleb? If we convert it to pounds or euros, would that change your decision? No. If you no, look, I'm not going to take the payout. I don't think City are going to win the league, and that's as far as I'll go. But um, I think third place is going to be. I think Man United will finish third. And then fourth will be as much as I hate to say it, I think Newcastle. I think glorified Burnley will be uh playing their hoofball uh time wasting tactics away at Dinamo Zagreb next year. 
in the uh, Champions League. Uh, I hate to say it, but I, I just I think that they're going to do it. That's my top four. I would uh, I uh, agree for I'd say almost the same. Say Arsenal, uh, City, United, and Newcastle. I just think there's too much of a gap between. Right, I just think from what I feel like I've seen recently from Spurs, there's kind of like it doesn't seem like they're going to search up. Um, on the flip side, I was just thinking when you said that, Caleb, it'd be very funny if once like the you know if this is like the style of play that the you know Newcastle's overlords have uh, committed to playing, to like you know like if you know five or six years from now, um, you know Newcastle's playing the <laughs> the London Dodgers and they're you know just hoofing it up top to. Like uh, Mbappe, just the entire and match. Manny Machado. I would, I would, yeah, I would, yeah. Mbappe and uh, Manny Machado, and Fernando Tatis Jr. It would just be, it would be really funny to me though if that's like their whole vision is it's like, right, like we're gonna just pump money into this, uh, we're gonna pump money into this club, but we're just gonna commit to playing like route one. I just think that'd be great. Patrick, who's your top four? Uh, I, you know, I, I think that. Arsenal will probably win the league. Um, I hope they do. That'd be great. I would really, <clears throat> I think it's bad for Premier League if City wins. Uh, that'd be four in a row, right? So, um, yeah, Arsenal won, City two, United three. And then I think one of Spurs, Liverpool, and Chelsea will get their act together by the end of the season. Um, Bruno just got injured. Bruno Gimarais. To be honest, yeah. I saw yeah, that yeah. he's not as. <laughs> it's not as serious as they thought well you know but the point is like they have uh they have a really good starting 11 they don't have that that great of a thing so you don't think you don't think think maddie longstaff is a champions league quality patrick or six foot seven dan burn playing (laughs) back i i think dan burn is a good player i don't know about it's funny. A few years ago, both the Longstaff brothers were like getting linked with Man United and like all these big clubs. And I think the uh, one like doesn't play. I think the one might work. The one is like on loan at like Chesterfield or something. Yeah, um, Sean like Longstaff. Yeah, the one who scored against United actually. I think. Yeah, he scored a banger to be fair, and then yeah, but Chesterfield, Missouri FC. It's such a funny like, just ginger like red faced goon looking player that was exactly the kind of guy that would always score on us like for, Jack for, for, for about the last 10 years yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but uh no i think uh yeah i look maybe it's wishful thinking but i hope they fall off um but I, no there's no way they can keep this up and they haven't signed any like huge players in january yet um i don't know i guess they got isak back that's like a new signing but yeah, hopefully they fall off. And then so maybe Newcastle five, right in the six, and then whichever of Liverpool, City, and Chelsea don't get their shit together, seven and eight. So, so yeah, that's my prediction. But I think it's impossible to say. Uh, wait, I say Liverpool, City, Liverpool, Spurs, and Chelsea. Yeah, um, it's impossible for me to say which of those three will finish the best. Probably Spurs, um, but I don't know. I don't know. I will no. I just think like Chelsea are a mess, right? And Liverpool, it they aren't getting any of these really important players back anytime soon. So I don't know. I don't see the a uh, quick 
root out from the morass that they're in. But, but yeah, that's my top. Yeah, as much as I hate to say it, I also think Arsenal will probably end up winning the league. Uh, I think United will finish second. City will fall to third. Um, I'm going to say, I'd say probably Liverpool finish fourth. Uh, Spurs finish sixth, I'm going to say. Uh, having to qualify for your, or having to go into the the like the preliminary knockout rounds of the Europa League. Um, yeah, Nick, who who's your top four? Um, I think betting against Man City is similar to betting against Tom Brady. It took me a few years to figure that out, but um, don't bet against the goat. And I'm not counting this year. Um, I'm gonna take City to win the league. Arsenal second, United third, Newcastle fourth is my prediction. Didn't Tom Brady just lose yesterday? That's why yeah, not 24 hours ago. What what one year has nothing to do? Don't with take gambling advice from this podcast. Twenty-one years of greatness. Only take gambling advice from Mikey. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I do you think approve. Chelsea will finish? Um. Fuck, dude. I mean, we're kind of looking at a situation of like 2015-16. So ideally, I'm hoping somewhere like. If we could pull it back to like fifth or sixth, that would be great. I'd love to snag a Europa League spot, but maybe we'll take a little cheeky conference league next season and uh, take care of business there. So I'm hoping sixth. Yeah, I would hope fifth, but like I feel like realistically sixth is where we'll end up. I mean, I know we talked about Grand Potter and his future a little bit earlier, but if Chelsea miss out on Europe altogether, do you think Bowley shows Potter the door? Potentially, I mean, I feel like he'd almost be foolish not to. Like, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, yeah, I think I mean, he'll just throw enough money available. Like, well, I would, I would disagree. I think he'll literally, like, the way he's acting, he's just gonna throw enough money at whoever he wants. Yeah, and there's I an, I mean, there are enough managers out there that someone, someone would take it and leave wherever, wherever they're currently. Hey, man, maybe, maybe the special one will return for uh, round three. I would never <laughs> say no to that. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, Pat. And that that's a really good point there as well with um in terms of money. Like I guess that isn't a problem when we're throwing 80 million on Mudrick. So I don't know. We'll see. If we do miss out on Europe, I could see Potter going at the end of the season, I guess, and then that then just like continuing that re- uh, rebuild going forward in in the summer. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, we'll save the relegation race for next week's episode. Uh but now the long-awaited return of Patrick's grievances. So, Patrick, I'll hand the floor over to you. Uh, enlighten us, please. Uh, okay. Do you guys want me to start with Messi, uh, YouTube videos, the World Cup, or uh, the Berhalter Reina thing? Pick one. Berhalter Reina. Okay, yeah, great. Do Why don't we have... Take. Why don't we have a name for it yet? Okay. I can't be calling it the Burhalter Reina thing. If this were a proper soccer country, then we would have come up with there would be some incredible name. They called the whole Colleen Rooney, Jeff, whatever, Mrs. Var- Rebecca Vardy thing. Mrs. Vardy. They called that the Wagatha Christie trial. Okay. <laughs> and we're calling it the Burhalter Reina affair. I mean, what is wrong with us as a country that we can't do better than that? Like, it's pathetic. Uh, but we haven't got into that. You know, we, we, did, we, um, uh, I guess this can cover the world cup one too, but we, as a podcast decided, you know, as part of our principal commitment to LGBTQ plus rights and journalism, uh, 
we boycotted the World Cup. We didn't watch it. We didn't uh, pay any attention to it. We don't know who won. We don't know who lost. We don't know who played. Uh, we don't know who scored goals. Um, we don't know anything. So, you know, I, I can't I can't really talk about what happened in the World Cup, but let's say hypothetically that like, you know, one coach decided not to play one player because he had like weird beef with that player's dad. And then that player's dad's wife tried to blackmail him. Um, that, you know, that's a plot of the Real Housewives. That's not a, that's not a national soccer drama. And if it were a national soccer drama, it should have a proper name. Okay, next grievance, moving on. Uh, speaking of the, you know, formerly undisclosed uh, soccer tournament, what is that? Nick just sent something really weird in the, in the chat. I'm going to read it out for all our listeners. A lip pillow sounds delicious, Arn. What does that mean? I don't know. He's referring <laughs> he to says you're out of control, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I have no idea what that is. And you know what? To be honest, I don't care to find <laughs> out. So. Boomer take, boomer grievances. <laughs> that's fine, man. I if that's who I am, I'm mean, I think the resident old man on this podcast. My prediction say. for 2031, boomers, that whole thing, that's coming back. It's gonna be cool to be that again. I was down in Key West last week. Okay, parrot heads, they're having a great time. Get yourself down to Key West, gentlemen. Like, you know, tuck your tuck your polo shirt and some khaki shorts. That's the key to happiness. Anyways, pour one out for Gary D. This week's uh, <laughs> next year's next year's uh, four four brew pod fan festival will be a live recording in Key West, Florida. Uh, I know everyone was so excited for Messi to, you know, win the uh, unclosed tournament, but get ready to be unexcited for him. And if any of you happen to have signed messy jerseys that just got back from the frame shop and you think are valued at around $2,000, you should sell them right now because in the next year, he's definitely going to go to Saudi Arabia because right before the world cup, he signed a, uh, what was it? $90 million tourism deal with Saudi Arabia. That is also going to make him be the ambassador for their 2030 world cup bid. So we're going to have to have another fucking world cup where like every commercial is about how great the, you know, the country is and how, you know, it's great that they let the U S park their uh, bomber planes there to, you know, to do runs on, on Somalia. And um, you know, all the commentators are going to say how wonderful the local hospitality has been. And Saudi Arabia is going to look at Qatar and they're going to say, well, you guys killed, you know, what is it? uh, 1700 migrant workers. We're going to do 17,000. You know, we can we can beat those guys. Those guys suck. <clears throat> so we got that to look forward to, and that's all thanks yeah, to your friend, number. your friend Lionel Messi. Okay, so you know, let's not be so quick to uh, do that. And if you have any Messi memorabilia, I'd recommend offloading it pretty soon. I'll take it off your hands for a shiny penny. Uh, okay, next one. Oh yeah, this one. Okay, so I didn't watch all the games this weekend, and I had a you know, prepare for this podcast today. So I went on YouTube and I opened up the extended highlights for the Arsenal Spurs match and it's 18 minutes long. Okay. That's too much. That's too extended. That's, that's what is that? One sixth of the game, one fifth of the game. Well, but here's the thing. So, okay. It is North London Derby. If you're watching the NBA. Yeah, Mikey, I said that. I said it's the North London Derby. No, but it's not like Brentford West Ham. Like I'm just saying, like it's an important match. It wasn't that good a game. 
And even if it were, uh, my, my principal complaint is that the NBC extended highlights videos, while yes, they are, you know, extensive and it's good to get a feel for the game. Even if you weren't able to watch the whole thing, I, I prefer them to the Fox ones, which are too short, but they have the first three minutes. They're showing you like the lineups in slow motion. You can't even get like enough replays of like the goals that you like usually, but they've got like, you get to see the whole formation lined out and they read off all the players' names. And then they show the other team and then they show the players coming on the field. We don't need to see that. See, this is where I do uh, disagree with you, Patrick. I, you know, being a, a big YouTube highlight man myself, um, have actually paid for a VPN down here in Mexico so I can specifically watch the NBC highlights, extended versions on YouTube, because I, for one, appreciate the lineups and the graphics and all the pomp and circumstance that comes with the beautiful game that is the Barclays Premier League on NBC. I recommend you do your own research when it comes to lineups and uh, and graphics and, you know, create your own pomp and circumstance. I know you're no, you're, <laughs> you're no stranger to that, Caleb. I know, I happen to know for a fact that you turn in one tab, Andre Bocelli opera music, and in the other tab, Andre Pirlo greatest passes compilations. And I don't know, you know, sit and, and marvel at the majesty of it. So I don't knock it. Till you I don't see why you can't do the same thing down there and down, down there uh, in, in Mexico. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't, <clears throat> I don't think I have any, I did the, I don't know. Do we have any other, I mean, do we want to get into the world cup grievances or should we just say it's a month ago, let bygones be bygones. Yeah. I think. Let bygones yeah. be bygones. Yeah. Okay. That's Let fine. It. That's fine. Stuart Holden, you're on my list. <laughs> Stuart Holden and Aaron Rodgers are added to the <laughs> to the list of people with who are part of the class action suit against this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll be enough for today. Uh, Patrick, thanks as always. Yeah, thank you. Caleb, adios. Nick, thanks so much for coming on. Take it easy. We'll uh, see you next week. Mikey, goodbye. Yeah. All right, we'll be back next week.